Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Manchester Evening News podcast here live in Houston. I'm James Robson and I'm with Samuel Luckhurst, Manchester United editor. And we're getting ready for the big game tomorrow. What have you thought so far? You've seen two matches from United. United have, have looked quite... Certainly in the Galaxy game they were lively, but the, the, the caveat being that Galaxy played a very experimental side, and even the real Salt Lake game, they played, I think, three teams throughout the course of that match, and United were actually pretty flat at the start of that. But there have been positives. I think uh, Rashford, his 45 minutes, he was excellent. The one who's really stood out for me, I think, has been Lingard, and that he's, he's looked possibly the fittest of the players out there. Uh, been very lively, he was very influential the other night. I still think that he's more effective from a central position, even though Mourinho uh, keeps on playing him on the wing because he's he's a disciplined player, he's not too, um, too gung-ho going forward. And with Lukaku getting his first goal, he probably needed that because going up until that point, He'd had a dreadful game. His, his first touch was um, all right. Uh, it was a bit similar to Wayne Rooney's um, in his latter days at United. <laughs> but he got the goal, and ultimately, that's what United need. It's they need a striker who, irrespective of how they play, just scores goals. And Ibrahimovic did that an awful lot last season. He savoured performances. Sorry, salvaged performances um, with goals. And if Lukaku can do that, I think he can do that at a more consistent rate than as well then it's just what United need yeah it's been a mixed bag from Lukaku I think so far hasn't it we, we saw the goal that's the important thing yeah. that he scores goals but like you say his touch has been a bit wayward at times it's, his big problem is that he's replacing Ibrahimovic who had about the best touch you, you'll ever see yeah. from a forward didn't he and, and Lukaku is never going to have that sort of touch is he that's, that's the problem he probably isn't it was, it was interesting watching him just in the fact that I think early on Mourinho was on to um Daily Blind telling him to play a ball into the channels, which is something United wouldn't have catered for mm. um, with Ibrahimovic last season. And and after Lukaku scored, he saved his m- moment and everything. But then he got back in his own half and he had a pop at Blind, and you wondered was that because he's he was getting annoyed at the lack of service um, into that specific area. And and I th- thought in a way, even though he had the gall to do it because he'd been playing badly. United do need egos like that and they had it with Ibrahimovic last year Lukaku isn't anywhere near at the same level as Ibrahimovic and you can't he's not going to get as much slack as Ibrahimovic as well I don't think but it was interesting just noticing how Mourinho was encouraging him and when he came over a drink Mourinho got up and said to him you know it doesn't matter if you score or not so there are parallels developing there with how Mourinho handled Ibrahimovic and how he's handling Lukaku as well I want to see Lukaku and Rashford together. So far, they've been split, haven't they? It's interesting that they've done that in the first place. I think that's the exciting thing, the thought of those two, that, the pace that they have. I think we've all noticed that Rashford looks a lot bigger as well, physically, doesn't he? I think it looks like he's put weight on over the summer. Yeah. That'll be the type of forward line United haven't had for, for years, won't it? Yeah, it, it kind of it makes sense at the moment because Mourinho's trialling this three at the back formation, and when you tend to play three at the back, there are usually two strikers as well. Uh, Mourinho's not traditionally done that he, he 
had two very good strikers, uh, um, Real Madrid and Higuain and Benzema, and they hardly played together. And his Chelsea teams, there was always just that figurehead, and I think Lukaku will, will still just be that figurehead. But I thought Rashford responded really well in the Galaxy game, given that Mourinho said the previous day he's not a target man. It wasn't, it wasn't a dig or a swipe or anything like that, but it was a little probe, and it was good man management because it elicited that performance from Rashford. Uh, and it, it makes sense to, to play them as a pair in, in one of the more competitive games rather than against an MLS side. I mean, United are going to be coming up against Vance on company, a, a player who's got a formidable record against them anyway. Uh, Real Madrid have got you know, Sergio Ramos, still one of the best in the game, and, and Barcelona have got PK as well. So it'd be interesting to see how, as a duo, they, they work against uh, that, those calibre of defenders. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Lukaku against that sort of quality because if there's a question mark about him is it can he do it at the highest level and doesn't get any higher than Real Madrid or, or Barcelona does it I, I, I know there's, there's the argument of what United lacked last year was someone who could bully people on the flat track wasn't it but ultimately United won't be winning the Champions League so you've got to perform against those sort of teams haven't you absolutely and, and Lukaku's <coughs> gone on for years saying how he needs to be playing Champions League football so uh, that's, that's the bar he, he, he set the bar that high and now he's got to reach it and it, as you said, I think that he, the difficulty United might have if they go with a four-three-three system is that you wonder is he going to be too detached from um, a forward? But the good thing they have with Valencia is that he effectively plays two roles down that right side. So that moves Mkhitaryan in the field. And if they do actually sign a defensive midfielder, um, if, if that is Matic, then will Pogba run forward a bit more and link up with Lukaku? I think given their friendship and, and given how inseparable they've been out here as well that's that's another thing you need to um, and United fans want to keep a close eye on Well let's talk about signings, you just mentioned a defensive midfielder that to me now is the most important thing for Mourinho we've seen Michael Carrick out here he's, he's, he's class but at his, his age you can't really expect him to, to go a full season playing every week, I think Pereira's done really well in that role but, has, yeah. but they need for me, they need a top-class holding midfielder really just to knit that squad together. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the, the timing of the Verratti uh, Asian announcement has got United mm. fans excited, and understandably so. I mean, I think if if you wanted a player for that role, then I can't think of many better than, than Verratti, and he's a really exciting player who's produced some superb performances in, in the Champions League. Obviously, there's no indication at the moment that United do want him because Mourinho's uh, targeted players who are Premier League proven in Matic and Dyer. Um, as you said about Pereira, I think he's he's got potential to play there. And it seems Mourinho's disregarded him as a left winger, but he's I think he's played there against Wigan, LA Galaxy, and Real Salt Lake. So he needs to you know, have a start at a more testing level there. Um, with in terms of the winger, I think that United obviously they want Perisic. It's just curious that for for a player that they've wanted. For so many months, and who seems so urgent for their needs, and that they've not got a reliable crosser yet, they've got all these tall, imposing players. It, it's kind of logical that they've not made up the difference that into uh, demanding from Perisic. So I think United fans are justified to think, given what happened with Morata being in the foreground, then Lukaku, a Lukaku deal, deal being worked on in the background, they're entitled to think, is there something bigger being worked on? Um, and you look at the type of profile of player. Perisic there aren't many out there and it does beg the question why don't they just offer 
a shed load of money to Arsenal for Alexis Sanchez, but I still think if Sanchez is going to end up in Manchester next season, it'll be at City. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we saw Pep Guardiola today, didn't we? And he was—he certainly wasn't ruling it out, was he? He was given the opportunity to. to he was asked, "Is it? Is this the end of, of your interest?" I thought Arsenal said, and. All he said was that Arsene Wenger knows better than me, but he certainly didn't rule it out. He had that chance to do so. Um, we know Sanchez has been their top, City's top target all summer. They think £50 million is enough to get him. The fact that they're not publicly ruling themselves out makes me think that they're receiving encouragement from somewhere that that deal can happen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think Sanchez could be a game-changer for City, even though they've got... Still, say Aguero is a world class striker, and Gabriel Jesus could be a world class striker at some stage. Uh, Sanchez is, is a proven world class forward, and uh, just looking at the array of attackers City have got at the moment, it's it's probably the best in the league. I'd say I'm still not certain that they've they've got the best eleven possible in the league. I think Tottenham's eleven, even legislating for Walker moving to City, it's it's still pretty formidable, even though they didn't win the league last season, but you know, City are going about their business pretty well now. I know supporters tend to get frustrated because it's been obvious from both City and United's uh, perspectives who the players are that they've wanted, and that's been the case for a while, uh, but if you've got Mendy and Walker bombing up and down the wing, and you've got the players that City signed last season, and I mean, today it only just occurred to me that people aren't factoring Ilkay Gundogan into it too much as well because he's injured. Uh, I, I, I certainly even taking into account the, the signings Chelsea made recently if, if City were to get Sanchez I think that makes them favourites to win the league next season Yeah I find it fascinating that Guardiola is so obsessed to get Sanchez because like you said he's got Aguero he's got Jesus last year he had to drop Aguero just to, to get Jesus in the team you kind of wonder how that will work I still wonder if we'll see Aguero and Sanchez there together um, and Guardiola said today that Aguero's staying, Aguero said he wants to stay but he wasn't happy when he was dropped for just Jesus last year with Sanchez coming in as well that's it's got to affect his playing time Yeah well I mean I know Ian Nacho is uh, you know, small fish by comparison but it, it was interesting to see just how marginalised he was by Jesus coming in and uh, I mean I think I think Sajbarkovsky put a stat up about how many goals Ian Nacho actually scored last season it was remarkable he scored that many um, so irrespective of who that third striker is if you like uh, they're, they're always going to be on the periphery there and Aguero is far too good a player to just be sat on the bench and from his perspective and a lot of players uh, international players perspectives it's a World Cup year next year and you've got to be guaranteed playing time and I don't think even though I think Aguero is one of the best you know, probably one of the top five strikers in the world Argentina have got so many good um, options up front that he's not exactly expendable there. Um, sorry, he is expendable, I should say. That, you know, that We've seen it with other international squads like France, Karim Benzema doesn't get a look in for various reasons. Uh, and you could easily see if Guerrero is at City and not getting as much playing time as he'd like, that Argentina would think, right, he's not playing enough, we, we can't justify selecting him in the squad. So there's definitely something going on there even though it irks Guardiola that, um, that he just gets asked about Guardiola's future every month he does get annoyed about it yeah. but if, you, if you're going to drop possibly the best striker in the Premier League those questions are going to be asked yeah. um, my feeling on it is that if he stays 
and Sanchez is there, we're going to probably just have an, another season of that every week saying, is Aguero going to stay? Because he's going to get dropped at times and he's not used to that and I don't think he'll be, he'll be happy with it. Um, looking at the season ahead, let's say both sides get all the players they want in. So United start the season with Dyer or Matic and Perisic out on the wing. City start the season with Sanchez, Mendy, uh, maybe a centre-back as well. Who do you think is closest to winning the title? I'd, I'd go with City because looking at my reservation with the Simons United would make I thought Lukaku was a really important buy because he essentially weakened the rival. Um, Chelsea wanted him ahead of Morata. I know there's a lot of face saving going on now saying that Chelsea are Morata was always the first choice. It clearly wasn't. Um, Lukaku's a proven goal scorer, which helps, but just looking at the rest of that squad. It just does not strike me as a team that is good enough to win the league. And I know that's kind of contradictory because Leicester won the league last year. So by that reckoning, every team should be good enough to win the league. But it just doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, Tottenham had a brilliant start in eleven last season. But the, the lack of depth in that squad, I think, did cost them in the end because they played an awful lot of games. Uh, you do get tired. Tottenham did have European football as well, which was another disadvantage. Even though they they didn't really didn't really compete in the Champions League or the Europa League, and looking at United's squad, I think there's there's good there's good depth there, particularly in attack. If, if they do bring Perisic in, you, you're looking at players like Marshall, Rashford, and Mata being on the on the bench. Um, but I just don't think it's good enough to win the league, and I don't think it's improving enough on the squad which finished sixth last season as well they, they can't just assume that they're going to move up the table because they signed a lot of players I think they signed six players the season after they finished sixth sorry finished seventh under Moyes and they ended up limping to fourth and that was without having European football they, they've massively underachieved that season and the landscape is so much different now whereby every other team in the top six top seven now with Everton are spending an awful lot of money to strengthen and Although United have a great manager and they've got great players, uh, I just think City uh, are better poised for it because they've, the, the quality is there. And I think Guardiola is starting to address the defence as well, even though the, there are question marks over Edison. Is he going to adapt well to the Premier League? I don't think there's going to be a problem with Walker or Mendy. Um, I think what might be the, the most important sign for City as far as they're concerned is who that centre-half is if they do bring one in. I'm I'm torn over it. I look at the City side and I remember games like the Barcelona game where they were incredible. I remember that first half against United Old Trafford. Uh, the end of the season, the last few games, they were fantastic. You look at that attack, it's terrifying. But I can't think of a time when a club has made that many defensive changes. By the start of the season, they'll have a new goalkeeper, uh, at least two new full-backs, maybe one new centre-back. That's out of a five-man defence, that's four new players in it. I can't remember anyone ever doing that and it gelling. Um, I think Guardiola's put so much stock in full-backs that we're going to see just how important they are. Yeah. I think he thinks that's going to completely transform this side and I'll be interested to see if it does happen. But they, those would be my doubts about whether they can actually win the title. With United, I think they've developed that winning mentality. Uh, I take your point that do still wonder if the quality is there. Lukaku, I think, is a is a good, proven Premier League goal scorer. Is he better than Zlatan Ibrahimovic? I'm not convinced. Is is the truth? He's got to have an amazing season to to do as well as Ibrahimovic, hasn't he? 
Um, but I think with both of them, there's just they both got both got very strong squads that just need to be drawn together somehow. I think that defensive midfield signing for United could be the key for City. I agree with you. If they don't get a centre back in, they need company to stay fit all season, and I don't know how many times we've said that. Um, which I think will still be their concern. And I would look, I can see us being in April and saying, oh, if only company had been fit, yeah. how different would their season have been? He has quite an unshakable belief in himself, company to say, like the, the fact he has the, the confidence to say, I've, I've got a feeling I'll never get injured again when everybody knows anyone is going to get injured again. Everyone, every player does, it just happens that way. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think they both sides have like similar problems but different ends and that United I think do need to sharpen their attack still to offset the fact they only scored 54 league goals uh, last season but you look at the defence and even with Shaw not being in it I think it looks it looks pretty solid mm. I thought Darmian had a really good end to the season um, and, and with City as you say the goalkeeper I don't think anybody uh, in England is, is quite sure how well he's going to do yeah. and John Stones is he going to improve next season it's another question mark and that's that's been alongside a player who is so brittle you can't rely on him to be there every um, for every game so it, it's fascinating but that both sides definitely need a minimum of two more signings I'd say well this is where the managers come in they've got supposedly the two greatest managers in the world we saw I think with Antonio Conte at Chelsea last year you don't have to have the best squad necessarily or the most balanced squad it comes down to what can the manager do with it yeah. um, so if he managed to do that with that Chelsea squad which by the end of the season you're looking at and thinking it's the most balanced you'll see no one was saying at the start of the season were they I think you look at what Leicester did as well It's po- even with those weaknesses it, it is possible uh, we'll have more of an idea after the game tomorrow I'm, sh- I'm sure uh, or tonight in the, in the UK um, and we'll be talking more about that